So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, we're gonna go ahead with, and the book is called How to Be a Billionaire by Martin Fritzen, or Fritzen, or however you're pronouncing it. Um, it is basically a book about how billionaires got to being a billionaire or becoming a bi uh, billionaire, which is, at my point of view, uh, something that's really interesting, you know, uh, always when authors decide to um, either interview or just really search for reasons why some things are how they are, uh, whether it is in terms of persons or people or just whatever, um, is very interesting to me. And um, so far there are some things, as you can see, through the highlights that are uh, relatively interesting. It's not the best book, you know, I do have to admit that. And I hope that I'm not biased because of the rating. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. I'm gonna go ahead with the reading part. Buffett has not merely bought some shares of a company he likes, but instead has acquired a controlling interest. Buffett enhanced the value of his investments by becoming an active member of the board of directors, which I think, I don't really know what uh, a member of the board of directors is exactly doing. Uh, it can't just assume, okay, you're on the board of directors, you're directing the company. Um, so I don't know, I think as they just point out, controlling interest. He has some control over the company by acquiring this uh, interest or by being on the board of directors, which just really makes sense, you know. He began buying entire businesses near the beginning of his stint as a money manager long before his assets were great enough. An insurance company's potential as the base of an in industrial empire has three sources, namely use of funds that will eventually belong to others, tax benefits and financial leverage. You know, the whole tax thing, I really gotta have to have a look at it uh, in terms of Austrian law and in terms of uh, what I can do in my position or what I can do in Europe and so on and so on because because I don't really know and it is something that that's not that good to be honest because it's uh, I think it's extremely useful to just know how you could save some taxes and therefore also save some money. The opportunity to use other people's money arises from cash reverses created by insurance premiums. Eventually, the re uh, reserves, I'm sorry, not reverses, but reserves must be paid out in claims, but until then, the insurance company can invest funds. Moreover, the earnings generated by those investments are heavily tax-favored. The third benefit of investing through an insurance company, financial leverage, arises from the ability to generate annual premiums several times as great as the equity invested in the business. Consider, for example, a company capitalized with 200 million and generating 800 million of annual premiums. If the insurers or insurer earns 6% on the resulting investment portfolio of 1 billion or 60 million, it's a return on investment before or uh, ROI, return on investment or ROI, before expenses and taxes is 60 million over 200 million or 30%, which sounds pretty good, I guess. I know I just, you know, it's it's uh, relatively difficult, but I assume it is something good. Yeah. <laughs> when one reads that Warren Buffett has bought, for example, an interest in General Foods, it usually means that an insurance subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway using its reserves built up against future claims has made the investment, which can cost more than Berkshire which can cost more than Berkshire Hathaway, the parent company could readily afford. I actually gotta have to highlight a few things there. I think it's very interesting. 
for people that just really know shit, but I don't. So he did not immerse himself in the day-to-day -day operations. By and large, Buffett relies on strong managers who share his passion for return on investment. A bad business usually prevails over a good management. Buffett downplays the importance of IQ in material success, stressing instead the importance of character and drive or character. Fair enough, but there is several different proven strategies for turning those trades into billion dollar fortunes. Not all of them require exceptional intellectual capacity. To the extent that Buffett's success has relied on discerning superior values among stocks being scrutinized by millions of other investors, on the other hand, brain power has been an invaluable asset. This is a factor worth considering as you try to match your own talents to a specific strategy for reaching the billion dollar circle. I gotta have to say, I mean, I believe that Warren Buffett is a very, uh, very smart person, period. The big prince giveth and the fine prince taketh away, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. There are several different ways to realize value in buying and selling businesses. Negotiating favorable prices, both on a way in and on a way out, is only the most obvious. Another means of maximizing the gain on the road trip is to finance the purchase on advantage terms or advantageous terms. Further gains are achievable from increasing the asset's value following its purchase through capable management. Not to be ignored either is the compensation that can be extracted during the ownership and or management phase. By exploiting all these profit sources in every transaction and by doing many transactions, it is possible to amass a sizable fortune. Identifying the opportunities requires a keen scene or sense, I'm sorry, of where the deals are at a given time. Clues can be found in the economic environment, the state of the capital markets and conditions in various industries. Essential to astute deal making as well is a grasp of complex transactions in which one side may wind up with a subtle but ultimately decisive edge. So I, I would just in general say, you know, there's a lot that plays into being a good businessman, into being a good entrepreneur, into being a good negotiator, uh, negotiator and all those things. I know even though probably negotiating and being a good negotiator is part of being a good entrepreneur and or businessman or woman. You know, also a lot of really great women that we should be listening more to, uh, whether you're a man or just woman yourself. But um, yeah. I think it's great and I think there is, you know, there, there is some skill to that. And as I've been actually talking to a friend of mine yesterday, we often just see the skill behind something once we start or try doing it ourselves. And we've been talking about rap and making music in general and it is something that's really hard. It is something that's incredibly difficult. And of course there's talent and of course there's people that are just really good at it, but they had to work on it for quite some time to be that good. And, you know, if you're just doing this on your own or just yourself, you will see how fucking difficult it is and how much skill you actually need to be able to have a great song and make a great song and um, all those things. Like, there's a lot that plays into that. Really a lot. And as I said, it is just often the case that we just see those things only when we just do it on ourselves. Tenacity, uh, willingness to risk a huge loss and creativity and forging agreements are recurring themes. Wayne Huizenga's creation of waste management. In acquiring independent waste haulers, he minimized the haggling over price by beginning at a level within 5 or 10% of the maximum that he would pay. Then he would focus the discussion on such issues as the tax benefits of taking waste management stock in payment and the seller's ongoing relationship as an operator. Which, which I think is always a good thing. If you can be like, well, you know, I want to buy your company, but you're still going to be the operator. So I'm just going to be the owner, but you're going to operate the whole business. And 
And I don't know, I think a lot of people are going to be fine or relatively fine with that. But yeah, anyway. Wayne was famous for do the deal now for 100 bucks and do it tomorrow for 90 bucks. I don't get it, but anyway. Hisenga sought to get deals completed quickly. His team would begin negotiating on Monday morning and work 18 hours a day, 7 days a week until the transaction closed. He stuck rigorously to two rules. Wayne Hisenga's cardinal rules for closing deals. The first one is don't lose a deal by falling to pay uh, by, by failing to pay attention to it. Very interesting and also very important, I would say. And the second one is never talk about a deal until it is signed. Yes, because who knows? Who the fuck knows? Also this one. Very interesting. Deal making on a scale that produces billionaires requires nerves of steel. At one time or another, the three superb negotiators profiled in this chapter have all been in tight spots facing potential bankruptcy. If they did not enjoy the rush of adrenaline that accompanies a successful deal, they could not have pursued the deal maker's routes to massive wealth accumulation. To replicate their success, you too, you too will have to learn to deal to love the deals for their own sake. Yes, indeed. You know, and I would argue that it is always the case and that it should always be the case that we should love uh, whatever they're doing for what it is and not for what it can just give us whether it is money or just fame or power or whatnot you know the, i don't want to necessarily say that the possibility is not there that you still can get uh, really wealthy or successful by doing it in this way but i think it is just more difficult i would argue uh, Kerkorian employed a core billionaire's technique of sidestepping pretty or petty regulations. Uh, Kerkorian lost his investment. He resolved not to invest thereafter in a business he did not run. The impetus behind Kirk, uh, Kerkorian's success has been his resentlessness. The wide variety of businesses he has engaged in supports his claim that he started out with no specific ambition. I just tend to get dissatisfied easily and want to do something else. He once explained day-to-day -day operations hold little appeal for him, but buying and selling companies clearly does, even when or when in incubant management fights him tooth and nail. Which is about just knowing yourself, you know? And if you know yourself, you're just really well off, I would. Thriving in a high-stakes, thriving, I'm sorry, in the high-stakes environment, he relishes requires a strong stomach for fluctuations in fortune. In his first go-around with MGM alone, Kerkorian came close to being wiped out on three separate occasions. That's not good. If weaker people got into the kind of situation Coke got into, they would uh, they'd blown their brains out or just fall to pieces. Coke goes right back in there and says, well, what can we do here? Let's start working on it. It was impossible to deal with Ikan or Ikan. Every time he thought he had reached an agreement, Ikan or Ikan would come back to the negotiation table with a new wrinkle uh, or a revised number that altered the terms radically in his favor. He delighted in extracting one wage concessions concession after another. When a transportation officer admitted he did not know the whereabouts of a customer's overdue shipment, Moyes snelt. Well, you would better know tomorrow or you won't have a job. Well, by the way, you know, I just don't really believe in being an asshole leader. I deeply believe in being a good leader, which doesn't mean you're doing an asshole, which doesn't mean that you're gonna, uh, you know, just set people on a fear or give people fear or some shit like that. But of course, you know, being too nice and uh, honey coding everything is also not the best thing, which is a very big problem. You know, you also have to be... be hard from time to time and you also have to just say what it is or how it is from time to time.
Soon after arriving at Southern Pacific, Moyers called together 27 vice presidents and told them that within two months, many of them would be gone. The meeting was over. The transaction created the nation's largest railroad and left Phil Ashitz as its largest shareholder. Now it was time for him to go into high gear by applying the billionaire's principle, which is keep on growing. An ordinary entrepreneur might have simply declared victory after parlaying 90 million into 1.4 billion, but not Ashitz. While cashing in his railroad investment, he held on to a fiber optics operation he had constructed along the Southern Pacific rights of way. The company Q West Communications International went public less than a year after the Union Pacific or Pacific Southern Pacific merger cleared its last regulatory hurdle. Within six months, he stock, the stock had risen by about 175%. The 85% stake that Anschultz retained was valued at $3.5 billion. His initial investment in this uh, in the venture mount to only for 55 million so making 3.5 billion out of 55 million is quite something you know i'm not gonna lie phil is very astute in analyzing what is that is going to be the next most important business or marketplace he takes advantage of his assets in ways most other people don't like most successful deal makers ashes showed a keen eye for value from his earliest days he was only 27 when he learned of a collection of western art in the basement of the Topeka and Santa Fe Railway's Chicago headquarters. The railroad had originally commissioned the paintings as models for travel posters. Managing to get an interview with the company's chairman, Anschutz offered to catalog the largely forgotten works in exchange for the right to purchase a few. The 85 paintings that he bought for his song a few days later were eventually valued at several million dollars. Which is a very interesting story. And I gotta have to highlight this amazing story as well as the other story about there. Because they are amazing stories. It's important to have your back to the wall. Phil and Schutz commented, recollecting the oil field fire, it teaches you how to think outside the box. Sheer determination has been a consistent theme of the marathon runner's long run success in a amassing wealth. Um, sheer determination has been a consistent theme of the marathon runner's long run success in amassing wealth. He lays down his uh, stipulations and then won't budge. He's a smart guy out to make a buck. The amount he's already made doesn't matter. It would be inaccurate to characterize the subject of how to be a billionaire as hands-on managers. Getting bogged down in operational details would have diverted their attention from the more essential tasks of amassing personal wealth. Instead, they have focused on three essential aspects of management. Organization, recruitment and motivation. And this is going to be the last one. Group thinkers have not cracked the Forbes 400 insignificant numbers for one simple reason. Doing the same thing in the same way as everyone else is uh, decidedly not the way to overcome the leveling, leveling effects of competition. Which is, I think, always something to keep in mind. You know, if you're doing something the exact same way as somebody else is doing it, why should people come to you? There is no reason why. At least no good reason. And yeah, that is enough for the next time. So yeah. Uh, I wish you the best health and happiness and all success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered. It basically means your legacy basically means you're being a nice person and then being remembered as a nice person, which is a pretty fucking cool thing. Three other questions that I have for you are why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business, which is a pretty fucking cool thing. And one last question that I have for you is what could you essentially say that is really going to change somebody's life? Because I totally believe that we all could say something 
that it is indeed going to change somebody's life. But the question is what it is. And the question is also why aren't we doing it? And yeah, with that being said, hopefully we're going to see you next time. Bye-bye. And thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Please stay safe and healthy. And I just wish you the best from indeed the bottom of my heart. Uh, please stay safe.